back for day two of post-practice six rings and football things observations from training camp 2023 practice fields of Gillette Stadium. It's a little windy out, so you'll notice we are not outdoors. You will not hear the lawnmowers. Andy Hart here alongside WEEI.com Patriots beat reporter Mike Cadlick. What up? Hi. Hey. We're, uh, we're in a booth overlooking Gillette Stadium right now where someone seems to be having a business party with bounce houses. But our focus. Very interesting view up here, Andy. It is. And that freaking new scoreboard, the video board, is massive. And the lighthouse behind it, I am very much, even as a guy afraid of heights, mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to going up there at some point. You're not a heights view. guy either. Oh, oh I hate heights. See, we bond. We yes. find things. Yeah. Olive branches and bonding material. So we will start with Bill Belichick's morning press conference, which we'll get to what he said in a minute and some talk around the team, some buzz about a certain running back who's still available. Hmm. But the first thing I want to ask you is, did Bill Belichick's attire draw your attention at all for his press conference? Very interesting, Andy. Yeah, he rocked the red uh, sweatshirt. <gasps> Gasp. Everywhere, Patriots fans are like, no, bad things happen. Everybody, the Twitter sphere, as soon as he comes out, red sweatshirt. Mike Reese was like, no good, no good memories. Yeah, the same uh, similar one to what he wore in the undefeated Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. So not good vibes. But uh, but yeah, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm not wrong, because I was like, well, Bill can't lose today. There's no game to play. Right. So then the next thing you jump to is like something bad happens. And I didn't Ooh. see like. Nobody was carted off. No, like, oh, the nice job, bad omen, and you set that in motion. So uh, we're about an hour post-practice now. I yep. don't know that anything really bad happened from Bill's attire. So maybe you – Here's one. Uh-oh. Ty Montgomery well, did not finish practice, and he yeah, left. After being, I thought, the best offensive player yesterday, yep. scoring a bunch of touchdowns, being active. Um, yeah, there was a throw behind him early on. He went to the ground, then got up slow and didn't really do anything. And we all know, going back to, I believe that was minicamp when Bill Belichick was asked about Ty Montgomery, the very first thing he said is, well, really, it's about availability with right. him. He's battled a lot of injuries, including last year here in New England. I actually, in a weird way, think that's a blow. Like, I don't think they have a ton of weapons. Oh, yeah, I agree. And a versatile guy like that, who I think could be your passing back, your yep. slot receiver, whatever... If this is anything for him to deal with for any period of time, and we have obviously at this point no idea, just that he did something. Right. Um, I think that would be a little bit of a loss very early on. You haven't even put on pads. Well, it's funny too because everyone sort of, and I think he was listed that way anyway, but for some reason it kind of blew up yesterday that, oh, he's now listed as a wide receiver. Right. Um, which I think he was the whole time. Was just I, taking I thought he was reps. too. But listed as a receiver, today he starts the practice at running back. Doing all the running back reps, so they're they were gonna gonna use them everywhere. They're gonna use them all over the place. Interesting, like you said too, with the Dalvin Cook potential visit pending. Um, they do. They need help. Uh, definitely a running back and two. I mean, receivers look okay so far, but um, he certainly will help and will be someone that they can you know use as a weapon on offense in a multitude of ways. So. And just to sort of back up Bill's comment, just looking back to the 2015 Packers and forward uh, games. For Ty Montgomery, 6, 15, 8, 7, 6, 16, 6, 14, 1. Tough. That's his, you know, there's not a lot of high numbers in right. there. Um, but we'll see. We'll monitor that in the coming days here on Six Rings and Football Things. See if he gets back out on the practice field or if there's any news or announcements. Uh, other other areas of the offense. So I will say another, I'm going to be positive because it's early in camp <gasps> and that's what no I want early Let's I go. told Fitzy and I'm going to tell you, <laughs> now is actually the time for positivity. Good. I'm not urinating into the wind, 
It is the first couple days of training camp. You should be optimistic and positive. Yep. And one of those guys I continue to build optimism with because he didn't have a perfect day. He was chasing Hunter Henry on some completions, but another interception for Kyle Duggar. Yep. Two days, two interceptions of Mac Jones, not cheap ones. This isn't McSorley or something. This right. is Mac Jones. Now, I think Mac Jones would like to, as they say, have today's throwback because when you're rolling to your right in the NFL late and then throw back across the middle in the end zone, Bad things happen, That's man, as that biggest, old Nike commercial used to say. The throw across the body is the biggest no-no in the history of the quarterback. It right? really is. Everybody says no, no, no. And, yep. like, he tried to do it, and he shouldn't have done it. And so an interception. I did think uh, second straight day, defense won the day. Um, okay. You know, plays, uh, I thought, very competitive coverage, pass breakups, pass rushes where we continue. I, I can't wait for at least pads to be yeah. on. And, you know, there was one play. It was like two runaway rushers. I forgot who they were. One, the second one was Jennings, I think. I think one, was it Jelani Tavai, maybe? Yeah, Tavai okay. and Jennings. And it was like, well, yeah. that's one sack. Right. Okay, that's two sacks. <laughs> yep, and yep. now you step up and throw. That's not a real play. That right. doesn't yep. count. Um, At that point, the corners and whoever's in the defensive backfield are jogging. And yep. Gagget. Yeah, right. So some, I want to start with the defensive side of the ball. Some of the things just sort of sticking out to me, and you can build on these sure. or go in a different direction. Um, Marcus Jones was on the outside quite a bit today, yes. which I find interesting in that, A, I'm not sure I love him as a corner at all as much as I love him as a ball carrier and a playmaker, and B, on the outside, and a lot of times in the slot was Jonathan Jones next yep. to him. Right. And I found that notable just observationally. And I, I know I've been doing this long enough. Early in camp, they'll throw guys in positions just to see what happens, give them experience, or maybe just try it and say, huh, that wasn't as bad as we thought right. it might be. Let's try it again tomorrow and see what happens. I One guy in particular, I can remember a year where Rob Ninkovich started camp as an inside off-the-ball linebacker, like every couple, you know, right. for multiple days. And then, if I recall, that season came, and I don't know if I ever saw it or like almost never saw it. So what do you make of Marcus Jones – Slot corner in college, everybody I think thought was at best a slot corner in the NFL, yep. reps on the outside. Yeah, so he got a little bit of those. I mean, last season too, I remember yep. there was a few plays against, like I think he made a good play against like Devontae Adams and the Raiders. He was like, this guy can do everything. What they're doing at corner, it seems pretty clear that Gonzalez is one guy on the outside and yep. is going to slot in as cornerback one. And then with Jack Jones being kind of a mystery and John Jones being a so-so outside and Marcus Jones being so they're just kind of rolling guys through happens. there and see what happens. So I like yesterday it was a lot of John Jones um, and Jack Jones kind of repped with the twos. It kind of seems like a contingency plan in case Jack Jones can't go. Um, and then, yeah, they threw Marcus in today and he wasn't very good today. He got, he got beat a few times. Yep. It's not his true position. So yep. they're kind of, you know, looking to see what they can do. But I did find it interesting that he did, you know, slot over there from yesterday. But I also think there's a possibility, and this is just me spitballing on the fly here because I like to do that. Let's see it. Um, the old tennis ladder in high school thing where you don't think your two can beat their two, so you make him a three because you're sure he'll beat the three and you kind of yep. reconfigure your roster. If Jonathan Jones is a, whatever you want to call him, starting caliber shutdown slot corner, and but not as good on the outside. Right. And Marcus Jones isn't great in the slot, but isn't much worse on the outside. Well, then let's put Jonathan Jones in the slot where we know we can say he can do the job. Yep, 100%. And Marcus Jones in the slot is maybe only a little worse than Jonathan Jones in the slot. So as a team across the board, we're better. Christian Gonzalez, I love him. Yep. He did something early in practice today that is stupid that okay. I, for me to <laughs> look at and care about, but I do. There was one of the, one of the first couple um, throws of the day, and I may have even noted it because I remember it um, – 
Yeah, damn it. I don't know who he locked up. <laughs> he was at corner and he locked somebody up in the back of the end zone. And was just it Juju? Like, he had he had Juju on lock a few times. Might have been Juju, and he shook his head like stupid. That's the best you can do. Like that would like there was no chance it was yeah. ever going to be complete. You just wasted a rep. You might as well go elsewhere. That why are you throwing it towards that us? contempt yeah. for the attempt? I loved because I think that is cornerback. Like yep. you need to feel that way and ooze that way. And I have seen nothing yet. That worries me about Christian Gonzalez. No, I agree. That quiet confidence. I think we probably talked about, I think, on this show, just how he kind of, it mirrors what Stefan Gilmore had mm-hmm. with like, you know, he's not talking like Jack Jones does or even like the Jalen Ramseys of the world do. He's just quiet. He does his job. And like, again, a quick smug shake the head like you're not getting it. Right. You're not getting on. I love it. Um, as far as his day, again, I haven't seen much wrong. I mean, he did get beat a few times, but. You're gonna get beat, right? Sometimes as a cornerback, and like that's just the nature of the game. So, you know, even myself, like when I'm, you know, live tweeting practice throughout, and I tweet something like, "Juju beats Christian Gonzalez for a touchdown," and everyone's like, "What's wrong with Gonzalez?" Like nothing. He just, no. you know, it's gonna happen. It's football. Overall, locked up for most of the day, and again, looks like a a true number one cornerback with like a ton, a ton of potential. Absolutely, and I think. We are seeing the early foundation of what we saw in the offseason and what got Jabril Peppers and Judon and everybody hot and bothered. Yep. Like the versatility. There's some spin on the dial. Yeah. Using a bunch of guys in a bunch of different spots. And and really it probably all hinges on the cornerback position. Yep. Because I do think everywhere else they have some athletes. Like they had on one play, and it I still am learning numbers. This is a bit of an issue for me, but I believe it was Mac Wilson. Was Number now three. a single digit three. Yep. So I'm like, oh, who's that safety that's covering? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was Mac Wilson. And so they're leaving moving guys around like that. Yep. Uh, Chris Board, I've seen out there. So I think they have a lot of different matchups, but they're going to need three or four corners. It could all fall apart. I don't care if Barmore and Judon are good up front and Peppers and Duggar are good at safety. At some point, the corners are going to have to step up. So that is a position that I'll continue to watch. But yep. the, the infancy and I'll call it infancy because it is pure infancy for Gonzalez. I am, I'm a buyer. I'm a buyer on that. Talking corner, I want to get quick your thoughts on Jack Jones and what to make of him doing a lot of second team reps, yep. but not like in my opinion, and I talked about it yesterday with uh, Jones and Arcand, like it doesn't feel disciplinary. It kind of feels more of like a contingency plan. What do you, what do you think of him? Well, is he going to slot in? Like, what, what do you think? Uh, I mean, obviously there's legal questions right. and where that goes, league questions, team questions, whatever, all of that. But I keep getting back to, I liked him last year, Jack Jones. I wasn't all in. I was not like, yeah, they don't need a corner. They got their okay, corner. Yeah. So I think we forget because of all the other stuff, the suspension and then the gun and then where is he? Like, he might just be a number two slash three corner anyway. Okay. He was a, a, a disappointment in college for a variety of reasons. Right. Um, and then a mid-round pick. And if you just get a number two corner out of that, that's good. So as a number two, are you saying opposite your number one or as a backup? Uh, no, no, no. As like a. Uh, like he's on the field. and uh, On the field. Okay, okay. But maybe not all the time. Maybe Got there's it. like matchups where you go, well, this guy's actually better. This okay. two and this three flip flop for this game. Yeah. But then the other thing I think is, well, we can't count on you. Right. Like we, and, and it's not necessarily even anger. It's unknown. Right. I can't count on you, so I can't put you in a spot where Cole Strange last year slid him right in because they expected, wanted to count on the whole thing. Christian Gonzalez, expectation, wants to count on that whole thing. No reason to doubt that he'll be available. Well, there is reason to doubt whether you might 
or might not be available. Yep, so that's fair. second team reps for you might be as much about what I can get out of you, not just your where we actually slot you among that's our fair. 10 corners. Oh, yep, you're in the second group. So I think they're and, – and they do a lot on defense. They do a lot with reps at this time of year anyway. Yep. So we may talk about this and then tomorrow go, oh, Jack Jones working with the ones. Like we like, just said about Marcus Jones, Jack Jones could be the opposite. Jack, yeah. So. Absolutely. Um, so let's flip to the – Offensive side of the ball, because I think people honestly care more about that oh, yeah. in a way. Um, it's an offensive league. Mac Jones. I'm trying to formulate how I feel about Mac Jones through two days of camp. Okay. Admittedly, two days of shirts and shorts and helmet camp. Yep. I think it's been fine. Like I would agree. I don't think it's this epiphany of, oh my God, Matt Patricia's gone and it looks like Tom Brady. So 2007. It's <laughs> Hallelujah. Every... Everybody's singing. Right? Like, no, I, I see pass rush getting to him. I see him like rolling out, having to throw, like throwing late, struggling to find receivers at times. And then I see some good throws. Mm-hmm. Like there was a throw today to Parker that I actually think was out of bounds upon. A lot of people called it a touchdown. It looked like he was. I thought he was on the white. Yeah. But whatever the play was a nice route, nice throw. Okay. Stay one more inch in bounds next time. So you can count the seven. Like there's throws. There's times when you're looking at it. It's like, that's a good spot. Well, the the other one was the, that was like, uh, that was in the high red zone or the low red zone rather. And then there was the other one once they went to 11s and he, Parker beat Gonzalez on like a deep crossing route. That was a nice ball too. Love it. Perfect. Right in the basket. I, I like, some of what I'm seeing and some of what I'm not liking, I think I can probably relate to a offensive line. Like their pressure is, and again, it's weird time because there's no actual pads in that whole thing. Um, and some of it is new receivers. They're moving a lot of bodies around at receiver, right. different spots. Um, I did find it interesting post-practice, Juju sort of embracing the slot receiver role and talk, the history and like it's yeah, an honor yeah, yeah. To be tied into that. Yeah, he, he mentioned Troy and uh, Troy Brown and Edelman, Edelman, right? I thought yeah. he disrespectfully didn't mention the guy who made the effing position here in New oh, England, this is West Welker. Yep. Just like fans forget about West <laughs> Welker, apparently Juju did. Um, we're going to have to stay for another hour and do a West no, Welker no, podcast. No, we're not doing that today. <laughs> the disrespect is real, but we can do that a different time. That's an off-season podcast when we talk about the Hall of Fame Fair. every year. Um, but Juju just acknowledging, because I know slot receiver is it's not a number one and we had yesterday matt grow talking about what a number one receiver is and he it's an x and it's this and it's that and i know these guys have egos and i could see pushback and he did add like you know i feel like i can move around and play on the outside yeah, and yeah. everything but you know and he's a different slot receiver we've seen the evolution of the i guess not prototype because it was troy brown Wes Welker, or julian edelman short quick those guys jacoby myers had some quickness, always made fun of his own speed, <laughs> yep. kind of just found a way to get open and catch the football. Now, Juju, a little more athletic, higher draft pick than those guys, that type of thing. So I, I think that's interesting because I think a lot of people did believe you need more playmaking out of the slot or you at least need to have that go-to guy in the slot. It's been historically part of the, the, the program yeah, here. Yeah, so far it's it kind of looks like Jacoby Myers with more like yards after catch ability. Right. So. and he's more athletic, and he should be. Exactly. Like he's a higher draft pick, he's right. thought of better, whatever. So I think that's um, a good development. Um, the tight end position, I'm interested in a guy, Gasicki, because I know he's your guy. You think he's going to be the next coming of yeah, something. Too, not much has Where's happened. He, been? he hasn't really I been seen here. Poo. Yeah, no. He, uh, I think he has, Hunter's been making some plays. Yes, Hunter. Okay. H- yeah, Henry. Hunter beats Duggar. Hunter catches touchdowns. 
Where are your boy? I don't know. It's a good question. <laughs> it's a very good question. He made. Uh, I think you he can made. Ask where my boy is. One touch. James Robinson. I'm not sure. Where yeah, he that's is. true. He's not here. I, I remember. Literally. I remember driving home, driving home from OTA practice, and Robinson gets cut, and I immediately sent you the text. He's like, where, where is this guy? But yeah, Gasicki. Uh, and Gasicki uh, hasn't done much. He had a like lot one... of people think he's comeback player of the year with the Patriots, breakout player of the whatever. Hunter Henry mentioned that O'Brien has them watching Gronk and Hernandez tape. So like, don't do it again. That's and I, I put them. I put them on that pedestal at one point before even seeing anything. My so bad. Disrespectful. But well, okay, the, you're. It's I and didn't it, have them not, on the pedestal, but right. I mean, you know, inching towards that. The last time might I, be the greatest tight end of all time. The last time O'Brien was here and had two competent tight ends, it was amazing. So and the the usage, hmm. the abundance of two tight end sets. I think yep. that's all fair to talk about. O'Brien. But it's all Henry. And that like when, when yes. it comes down to it, right. Where is Gasicki? That's this mismatch and this athlete and this blah, blah, and blah. And it could be as simple as a lot of red zone work. And Mac has that rapport with Henry in the but red zone already. Like long and we want him to be part of the red zone. Yeah, he too. should be. Like, I guess we'll. And it also could be it's day two and we're making much ado about nothing. Oh, of course. But that's just what we do. That's what we're supposed to do. Day three, we'll talk about. That day too. This yeah, is you when Gasicki comes out and has real three, time. Yeah, right. Gasicki <laughs> comes out and has three touchdowns tomorrow. Right. We'll talk. We'll about talk him. about him. No, they need more from him. I agree. So uh, another guy that caught my eye today, and this is another position that wait till the pads come on. Talk to me Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday next week. All of that stuff. So Ramondre has been pretty quiet. I mm-hmm. feel like just kind of one guy who maybe picked up some of the Ty Montgomery slack today. I thought JJ Taylor was active, especially. Captain Checkdown Zappy, right. who has realized that when you're in seven on seven, the guy in the flat's almost always open, and it's kind of meaningless. He's always open if you throw him the ball. Yes. You get a you get a completion when all the beat guys report on right. the completion percentage. And because I was talking about this with our our buddy Mike Giardi, who's yeah. now with the Boston Sports Journal. Yeah, Mikey G. If I am the linebacker, the safety, whoever has the flat, and a guy is running and like. I'm giving him the completion in seven on seven in practice on the training camp fields because right. you know what I'm not giving him the out and up. He's right. not making me look foolish and turn that upfield on a little wheel route or something. And, and back, like, cause then everybody's like, what the, you can't cover you right. suck. If you allow a completion and touch the guy at four yards, everybody's like, oh, defense yeah, right. held their own offense, got nothing TFL, there. Right. So I actually think that's part of it. But JJ Taylor is the guy I want to talk about. Cause let's just speculate it's what we do i have a good speculation late in the podcast we can talk about Ooh. a couple of them actually good um, good tease yep thank you uh there's no commercial so you don't have to stick around <laughs> yeah, just keep I listening know. it'll literally come yep. through your speakers in a minute um but if ty montgomery isn't a part of the mix for whatever reason it, let's just say he's a receiver i don't want to pretend he's hurt because okay. i don't that, that feels kind of sad sure so let's say he's a receiver and they slot him over there they put him where his position is on the roster yes and pierre strong maybe isn't quite ready or whatever is J.J. Taylor feels like he's been around forever. Uh-huh. And when he gets on the field, you're like, oh, he lowers his shoulder. He pops out the pile. He gets you five yards. Is J- is there any chance J.J. Taylor is on this team and does anything? I I don't know. I oh. mean, maybe. Even the positive guy's negative Well, because, like, again, he does, they don't really, they don't use him until they absolutely have to. And yeah, then when they when they have to, it's fine. I mean, you're really into, like, the, the lower tier running backs on this roster, huh? First James Because Robinson, you only have JJ. one higher tier running back. His so, name, I love Ramondre more than yeah, most. Right. And then I don't know what's after. I mean, Kevin Harris has caught the ball. Right. If Kevin Harris can catch the ball and prove he's like a poor man's Ramondre and give you three downs when when needed, Pierre Strong, I know everybody loves him. I, he's fast. Okay, he's fast. Yep. I don't know if he's ready to be. Mike Reese, I think, love Mike. Mm-hmm. But there was sort of a disservice done to Pierre Strong. Right after the draft, Mike talked to, like, the coaches from South Dakota. South Dakota. Yeah. 
and like the name James White came up. And it's Ooh. like, I don't know. James White was one of the best passing backs in the NFL, is probably the best of the pass catching backs to come through New England. Ivan Sears has basic uh, Ivan Fears has basically said that. And yeah, that's a group that too. has had Shane Vereen and Kevin, Kevin Falk, Falk and all these guys. So like Dan that Woodhead. comparison, and he didn't really catch the ball in college. Like it's a yeah, he was a, a runner. Dramatic transition for him. So I just I don't want to count on Pierre Strong until I'm given visual reason and production reason to count on him. And JJ Taylor, it's a nice story. He's a nice little fellow that's been around for a while. I agree. I mean, he buys in. He's here. He's always around. He he ends up getting cut and then making the practice squad and yada yada yeah. yada. So look, I if like they can find guys. the reps, sure, fine. But if he's getting reps, that means that they a didn't sign Dalvin Cook or B. Oh, we forgot to talk about yeah. Dalvin Cook. Yeah. So Dalvin Cook potentially uh, is looking to, and it was worded again. Fowler's wording on things is so funny because the way he yes. wrote this was they're looking to potentially, it was like they're looking to potentially schedule a visit, maybe yeah. like something like. I'm that. looking it's, to potentially date Halle Berry yeah, too, right. but I'm sure my wife would have an issue <laughs> with that first, and then Halle Berry would probably also have an issue with yeah, that. So, so I agree with you, but let's let's take it at its its most superficial value. A, or, or would you invest in Dalvin Cook significant money after they chose not to invest significant or above and beyond money in DeAndre Hopkins? I would not. So I would not. But the thing that continues to stick in the back of my mind here is A, he's available. Mm-hmm. B, Matt Groh talked about how it's like, it's kind of weird when guys this talented are available this time of year, blah, 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 blah. And then the biggest thing is this Mike Lombardi has from day one been like, oh, that guy makes more sense than Hopkins. Cook makes sense mm. more than Hopkins. And I never know when Lombardi is speaking from a friend <laughs> of Bill Belichick, informed insider, former employee place, or just podcast host spitballing, right. talking, getting attention. So I don't want to totally poo-poo cook, and I would love to see him personally. Because yeah, I think awesome. those two would be fun. Yes. Now, for, I'm no longer talking about JJ. I'm Correct, no longer talking yeah. about any of those other guys. You have, to, in my opinion, two Pro Bowl caliber running yep. backs if you bring in Cook and Adam. Two. And two guys who, yeah, everyone you know is is trash-talking the, the value of the running back position and I guess rightfully so because it's hard to pay them. It's hard to justify. But if you have two guys like that that can not get hurt because they're splitting up carries and pass catching downs right. with each other, that's a slam dunk for the next couple of years. And it keeps the budding back in Stevenson from getting tired where right. there were times last year he clearly was out of gas. Exactly. Yep. And it keeps the aging probably right about either over the hill or about to go down the hill, Dalvin mm-hmm. Cook. He's plateauing. Plateauing, yes. He is now splitting time. He's right. not the guy, so mm-hmm. he's probably not going to be a disappointment. Also, I was thinking. Giardi said it too. It's all. It's going to be all about the money. So yeah, whoever and pays he has kind of said that. Yeah. Like, remember when Mike Vrabel said it on some golf course about Hopkins? Yeah. Like, he's going to the highest bidder. He yeah. went to the highest bidder. Exactly. And Cook has kind of said it on the record. Like, I'm going where I get paid. Um, but I actually wanted T-shirts that have the both of them in like their dreads and called yeah. the dreaded backfield or something Ooh. like that. You like that? You really are the headline guy. I, like I think I need fun. to work with you. I like to have fun on that. Yeah. I like to screw like my favorite part of my old job at Patriots Football Weekly when I worked for the team was like at midnight when we're doing post game and doing like the, the headline for the newspaper yeah. and like spitballing ideas like dirty ones, inappropriate ones, things <laughs> yeah. you can't do, like funny ones. Please. So I do like that. Okay. Now we're gonna get to two little nuggets that uh, well, one's a nugget and one is a pure speculative what's going on. So the little nugget is a little birdie told me that Brian Belichick has not been out on the practice field, the safeties coach. Um, wow. And that I didn't even Steve think about Belichick that. has apparently been spending some time working with the safeties. Um, I've heard some rumblings of maybe why it's not performance related, I'll say. Um, and I don't want people to read into it too much. It's just an, uh, an availability issue. Interesting. Um, but so just something to keep an eye on is how the safeties and the defensive backfield yeah, yeah, and everything yeah. – 
is being uh, coached. And I wonder my- if it's as simple. And this is not built. This is speculating off of your nugget. Okay. <laughs> that sounds very odd. Please um, don't. <laughs> leave my um, nugget to me. <laughs> anyway, um, with Mayo's role, may- people thought it might change. He stays linebackers coach. Steve then goes to safeties and leaves the linebackers, and they don't split that anymore. And Brian's sort of by the wayside. Yeah, I don't think it's that. Okay. As much as just out of necessity for the here and for the now. Got it. Just leave it at that. Um, And now I want to talk about Matthew Judon. Here we go. Who is here. Yep. He was at minicamp. He was not at OTAs. He did nothing really at minicamp. He's done nothing through the first two days except uh, pre-practice, whatever they call that now, where they do the new age conditioning, which I kind of like. Side note here before I get to my tale. Um, When they set up those little teeny hurdles, the little like one foot hurdles, it's funny to watch and there's... 20 of them over 40 yards or however they're spaced. There's guys that run through them full speed and you can tell they don't give a rat's ass about the hurdle. And then there's other less athletic guys. You can tell are like looking at the hurdle. <clears> make <throat> sure they don't. <laughs> but there's others too. You right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's funny the the natural athletes just trust their stride, trust the, and they're like full speed. And then others have to think about it. Yep. Um, so I like those, but he takes part in some of that stuff. Then he goes to the lower field and seems to be working out pretty hard down there. Then late in practice, he walks up with no shoes on, with just socks. Yeah, no. And then he like held the uh, sticks for a drill, like the opportunity practice and some stuff late. Um, so I'm going to ask you, as I asked um, Andy Gresh and Christian Fourier in a quick hit on their show after practice, is there any chance, because I speculate from afar, it's what I do. You don't like it? Don't listen. Sorry. That's right. Six Rings. We try to have fun here and talk about things and analyze things. Is there any chance that with two years left on his contract after consecutive Pro Bowl seasons in which he combined for 28 sacks, a I believe? A lot of them, yep. That the man making $12.5 million in a league where a lot of pass rushers are now making north of $20 million, um, is there any chance that maybe he's looking for a Lawrence guy, maybe like, ah, I'd, you know, I'm getting a little yeah. older, I'd like to maybe get one final, hey, bump and pay here, and I've outplayed my contract. Could I get a little something-something for the effort? It wouldn't shock me. Um, oh, I also I wanted to throw in there real quick. Sorry. Sure. No, you're good. He was originally on the list of players expected to speak with the media yes. today. Yep. And then didn't and was removed because, you know, he didn't practice. He was down on the lower field doing conditioning or whatever he was doing. So I'll just throw that in there too. Go ahead. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, it's, you know, something to look at again. When we, uh, yesterday when he was on the lower field not doing much, I made it a point to watch his conditioning today. Yeah. He looks healthy. Yep. So he's not Which hurt. is speculation. He could have a, a blown ear drum or something. Like, but he, he could be anything. Yeah. His legs, his ability to move around. His, his ability to jump over the hurdles. Yeah, look all good. seems good. Right. And so, uh, yeah, it definitely wouldn't shock me if that was the case. Um, it's tough Would to, you pay him? It's tough to negotiate with two years left on your deal. Uh, it's normally a, a final deal, to, a final year type thing. But, but he's not getting any younger. I believe he's 31. Yeah, I think you're right. So, I mean, would I pay him? Eh, obviously, it depends what he's asking for. But... I can tell you what he's, I would do very easily. He's been. I, he's, I would love to hand him a check for like five million dollars. Yeah, right. Just tack it on. Yeah. So now you're not making twelve and a half million. You're making seventeen and a half million. Yeah. I'm getting you closer because I also don't believe you're in the ballpark of the elite pass rushers. Right. I think you're next tier, but you're probably too far away salary wise. Well, I wonder if that's why they were making some of that space. Everyone thought it was Hopkins space and they right. have this cap space. Now maybe they're just trying to, you know, wiggle in Judon and guy and make those guys happy. And I would also argue, and I did argue this with Andy Gresh, who was against paying him and like, I, I was kind of digging his heels in, didn't really understand why. Like, against paying him, huh? Yeah. 
Well, okay. he's the best player on the Patriots. Right. And I don't think that's arguable. No, I don't. And Matt Groh actually mentioned yesterday his um, awareness of the locker room and hierarchy and contracts and like that players sort of measure up to each other. And I think some people have believed that Juju is their highest paid receiver and they weren't going to pay D hop more than Juju or something. Okay. And, Cause yeah. I know they've done stuff like that over the years. Um, I think every argument like Judon has every argument, like right. he has been super productive over the first two years here. He's getting pro bowls and sacks and all of this. He got he, better, not worse. He got from year better, one to not year worse. Two. He has embraced leadership. He has embraced mentoring josh uche and he has embraced the community he's doing charitable like yep. i don't think there's actually a single argument against giving him a little more money no i don't either i think when you have money right the only thing would be that age and again that's why you're not going to do the that's the, why i'm not the huge three-year right. extension right. of x million no 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 i'd like yeah. to just thanks for being you know, here and, and maybe you tack on a dummy year for cap purpose whatever but if i can just convince him yeah i agree with you matt you're a little underpaid right now right and we appreciate you we want people to actually look at, wait, if I get a contract and over, because I know if I underachieve my contract, I'll be like, oh, I don't know, the tight end that signed at the same time for basically the same money in Jonu Smith, and yep. I'll be sent packing. Like, if I now True. if I perform above, they take care of me. They give me a little bump. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm just, I will be keeping an eye on Judon until he steps on the field and starts actually practicing and taking part in the team activities. Mm -hmm. Um, and to see if maybe there's a little financial incentive for yep. him to do so. Yeah, could happen. Uh, anything else you'd like to news, notes, and anecdotes from the practice field? Because everyone should go over to WEI.com. I know you like to hear what we have yep. to say, but there is more detail, more minutia, more notes in what I believe are the best things to read on the internet and the best time of year to read them is these practice notes, observations, and Mike is great at it. And Appreciate I'm not going to say we're the only place that does them. Other places do them. Feel free to compare, contrast, Peruse. like sample it. But uh, get a couple other news notes, nuggets that you had from the practice field today. Yeah, let's see what we got here. Um, yeah, like Andy said, you can find the whole thing on weei.com. Um, Joe Judge is like so clearly the de facto special teams coordinator to oh, me. Yeah. Like, I don't really know why they are doing the whole title thing. I don't know if it's official yet with assistant head coach and Cam Accord is still the special teams coordinator because even when they were running the, the wet ball drill, the coverage yeah. drill, it was almost like they split them up, starting specialists and backup specialists, and Joe Judge was with the starters and Cam yeah. Accord was with the backups. It's like, I don't know what the deal is as far as titles go, but he's going to be running the show on the special teams. And I, I think, think it's respect. I think yeah. they like Cam Accord. They don't want to just like totally disrespect. He, he's still listed. I actually got my new media guide today. Okay. So looking at Cam Accord is the special teams coordinator still. Nothing's changed there. Nope. And I will go down to Joe Judge to make sure he is the assistant head coach indeed. Is, so is Brian in the media guide? Uh, Brian is in the media guide. Interesting. Okay. Yes. Brian Belichick. The, got it. I'm, I believe it says safety's coach too. Okay. Just double check that real quick. He is Yep, he's in his seventh season of coaching, and he's the safeties coach. And, yes, he's listed, has a picture and everything. Um, yeah, Joe Judge is the special teams coach. He's mm -hmm. the highest ranking or whatever. He's the highest ranking special teams guy. I wanted to piggyback off the special teams thing. Ooh. So, number 61, I believe that's his number, Amir Speed. Yep. Looks like he's going down the Matthew Slater um, Brendan Schooler road of you're a special teamer, like you, he spends a lot of time doing those drills with those types of guys off to the side yeah. when some like 88 guys are doing other things and they're like doing these really finite, 
um, specific special teams drills. That doesn't mean he's going to be that guy, whatever. I know they have a lot of those, and that's a point of contention. Well, I thought the same with things. Jordan Healing, too. Oh, yeah, he's like, definitely he's doing the same He's 66, thing. right? Those yeah. two. See, see right here. Oh, look at that. SPT with 18 or Acord a lot. So yeah. um, those guys are in that world, whether that means they end up making the roster or being as good as Schooler or Slater. No, probably not. But um, just a note for those guys. Okay, yep. what else you got? Uh, let's see here. Um, Marte Mapu, still in the red non-contact jersey, recovering from you don't the... call uh, him Marty, like uh, Ross Tucker did on our podcast. Did he? <laughs> he called him Marty Mapu. Marty Mapu. Oh, oh, good. Attaboy, Ross. I enjoyed it. Yeah, no. He actually he did a good job with you guys. Um, Ty Montgomery leaving. We talked about yep. uh, Demario Douglas, uh, slot receiver. Although it's kind of it's pretty clear that the top four receivers are Juju, Parker, Thornton, and Kendrick Bourne. And a dramatic drop-off. But the drop-off being Demario Douglas is next. Absolutely. Which is a drop-off. Who? Keishon Booty? <laughs> did you see when they did the wet ball drill yeah. and couldn't hold on to the ball? Yeah, that was tough. Like, I, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but I'm pushing back against the hype and the hope that everybody mm-hmm. thought he's, oh, they got a star in the right. sixth round. Like, I haven't seen him do anything. No, he hasn't done His much. best play, I think, was today. He caught one of those swing passes right. in, like, seven on seven, which we just talked about. Yeah. Is there anytime you want it if right. you're the quarterback? Yeah, and, he's, and, he, and it's a touchdown because they're running it from right. the three-yard line. And yes. He, yeah, right, exactly. It's not real. It's right. fake. But so when they split those receivers up, my point, original point, was that Demario Douglas was with those first guys. Yeah. Those starters, quote-unquote. He's the closest to a real yeah. receiver from the unknowns. Yeah, it's five receivers and Douglas is the fifth, yeah. which I thought that was interesting, being a six-round wide and receiver. And I think he moves up even a little more if Ty Montgomery is limited yes. at all. Because Montgomery has been, I think we've talked about it, in the spring there was like a false start from Bourne and he had to leave a drill and Montgomery ran in. Well, if Ty Montgomery's not out there and something similar happens, I do think that Douglas is next in line. Now, whether he's good or whether he's ready or... Uh, Right. I'm not commenting on that. I'm just saying he's next. Yeah, he's yep. next. He's yep. up next. Yep, I agree. Um, that's all we got. That's all you got. Okay. I mean, there's more. So it's will, a tease. You can uh, check the rest out. But we did have, if you're looking, uh, I may be writing something on Juju Smith-Schuster. We talked about that. He met with the media. Um, Josh Uche met with the media. He did say that they've sort of had conversations about a contract. Whatever that means, I have no idea. We'll see where that goes. Um, he is in a, a key season, obviously, not just a contract year, but proving that last year wasn't an aberration with the 11 and a half sacks over the second half of the season. Um, interesting note from him that I brought up to you. He wears like um, mm-hmm. thumb and wrist braces that are almost like what you'd think you'd see a guy who broke his thumb or hurt his thumb would wear, where you kind of put your thumb through it and then it's got the hard part that goes down your wrist. seems like he just wears it as a precautionary device that's taped on on both hands. So huh. obviously you use your hands a lot. You're All the time. You're jamming it into tackles and in that thing. So, um, yeah, so we got that. Uh, okay. I guess that's going to wrap up a longer edition of six rings and football things where we had, I will admit, yes, I'm very positive on minutes, Andy, 35 minutes of everything we saw, we heard, we speculated on whatever it was that we had to talk about the New England Patriots coming off the second day of training camp here at Gillette stadium. We will be back on Friday. Uh, hopefully, you know, there, I know some weather coming through tonight and see if the schedule is the same, but third day before they have an off day on Saturday. Then they'll be back on Sunday afternoon before Monday's expected first day of pads, which is where camp really picks up. Even Bill Belichick has said that's kind of where it starts. They're in the conditioning and preparatory phase now. But each and every step along the way, six rings and football things will be here to update you. We got Fitzy and Hot. We got Mike Cadlick. We may even pull in 
some friends from the media sure. tent, the the Mike Giardis, as I said, now works for Boston Sports Journal. Paul Perillo, the crotchety old crank from Patriots.com. <laughs> we will bring in a bunch of friends, but keep listening, please. Tell a friend, uh, rate, subscribe, get six rings anywhere you can get your podcasts, and keep an eye on Matthew Judon, because I know I will. Ooh, dun, dun, dun.